Um, welcome to Dorchester Community Church. I'm Michelle. I'm part of the worship group um, with Wei, Wei Liang this morning, and Tom is leading. Um, our first song is called Oceans, and that's the song that's based on Matthew 14, verse 22 to 33. And it's about Jesus when he called Peter to join him, um, walking on the Sea of Galilee. And Peter did so, but temporarily lost his faith and started to sink. And he called on Jesus to rescue him. It's a song about stepping out into the unknown and about faith and trust in God. Sooner or later, every one of us finds ourselves in the deep waters of life that require total dependence on God's grace and mercy. And I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace. Like Peter, who in Matthew 14, 30, called upon the name of Jesus and said, Save me, Jesus. We too can rest upon him when trials, tribulations, and lockdowns confront us. Where feet may fail and fear surrounds me, you've never failed and you won't start now. If God is with us, then there's no reason to be afraid.
take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. My faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Sarah now is going to give us a, a children's uh, introduction before Dave comes to preach to us. Is that right? Have I got that right? Okay, sorry. Yeah, Sarah's going to give us a reading. Yes, sorry. Phew. Oh, I was a bit nervous there. <laughs> so I think what I'm reading from is... In the book of Mark, chapter 2 and verse 23 to 28. Yeah? So if you've got your Bibles, open them up and we'll read it together. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the cornfields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some ears of corn. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what's unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. They want me here. Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to see you here. Do you know, um, as far as I understand it, this morning, every seat is booked. We've got a full house. Yes, you, you can clap. <laughs> Apart from one or two uh, seats that we keep always for visitors. So uh, should you ever have visitors that you want to bring along, be assured there will be a seat for them. It's great to see you. But not only you, but how about you? Those of us that are zooming in to our service this morning, or maybe those that are looking in on the website, or perhaps you're Googling it. Uh, Good to see you. Come on in. Join the crowd. Uh, And I do trust you'll be blessed with us this morning. Well, in case you're wondering who I am, and I wouldn't blame you, I'm Dave Enright, and I'm one of the leadership team here in Dorchester Community Church. The ministry team that we're, uh, the ministry series that we're looking at uh, at the moment is called Track and Trace Jesus Through Mark. Uh, And that's why we've had our reading in Mark. Thank you, Sarah, for that. Uh, But we'll also be looking, and that's Mark 2, we'll also be looking at a little bit of background in Mark 1. Uh, So track and trace Jesus uh, through the Gospel of Mark. Uh, This morning, the theme is all work and no play. Right, well then, here's some background from Mark uh, uh, and chapter 1. 
not long after his baptism, Jesus travelled up to Galilee. Uh, and uh, there he picked up his, the first of his four disciples. They were two sets of brothers, uh, Peter and Andrew, and then later on, James and John. All four of them were fishermen. Then in Mark 1, uh, Jesus goes on to Capernaum, which is a town on the shore of Galilee. He preached in the synagogue there, and just get this, he cast out a demon of a man who was in the synagogue. Quite amazing stuff, really, isn't it? Um, And then from the synagogue, Jesus went on to the house where Peter lived, uh, and he healed his mother-in-law. He's already looking like he's going to be a bit busy, isn't he? (laughs) That brought the whole town out. You'd have to see it to believe it. The town, as soon as they heard about uh, the healing of uh, Peter's mother-in-law and the casting out of the demon, they all flocked to that house where Jesus was. And they brought with them all the possessed and the sick uh, in the town. It must have been a huge crowd. And you know what? Jesus healed them all. Uh, It must have taken some time. Uh, There he was uh, 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 dealing with all those that came to that front door. Jesus then went off through the towns and villages all around Galilee. uh, And he was preaching, healing, casting out demons, you name it. Jesus was doing it. The sick, of course, would have found this truly miraculous. You can imagine, can't you? With no doctors, hospitals, yet people were being healed. Uh, It must have been, for them, the most amazing thing uh, they had uh, ever witnessed. Now, I'm quoting all this background stuff to highlight just how incredibly busy Jesus was. I hope you're getting a feel for that already. Uh, And it continues on into Mark chapter 2. As Jesus returns to Capernaum, where he heals a lame man, uh, and picks up his fifth disciple in Capernaum, and this is Matthew. You know, remember, Matthew the tax collector. Um, So Jesus then visits Matthew's house, uh, and he shares a meal with lots of other tax collectors, and the socially acceptable, unacceptable of the day, who were all sinners, just like we are, Uh, And in Mark chapters 1 and 2, we show uh, that for Jesus, his life truly was all work and no play. Do you know what? It's a factor we can overlook quite easily when we think of Jesus, this busyness stuff. So just to cap it off, I've selected John 1, uh, sorry, John 21 and verse 25. And this is what this says. And there were also... Many other things which Jesus did, which if they were written down one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would have to be written. That, that blows my mind. That really does uh, itemize how busy Jesus was. And that reading in John 21 is one of my favorite verses because it gives an insight into just, not just how busy Jesus was, but how greatly Jesus loved us, as shown in this huge slice of his life being taken up with caring for thousands of people in just the short time of his three and a half year ministry. In Mark 2 and verses 10 to 11, Jesus said that his acts of healing were a witness to the fact that he was the Son of God. In Mark 2 and verse 12, the people said, we've never seen anything like it in our lives. Check it out, that's what they said. That reminds me, does it remind you of a musical? Dr. Doolittle, the man who talked to the animals, and uh, he brought in this amazing, strange-looking animal, and the people said... We've never seen anything like it in our lives. But they didn't say it, say it. They sang it. It went like this. We've never seen anything like it. We've never seen anything like it. We've never seen anything like it in our lives. Oh, yes, I saw your feet tapping. (laughs) 
would you like to sing it? Well, you can't. Because you're in the building and you've got masks on, no singing. Um, But that applies to you. It doesn't apply to you. All of you that are looking in uh, with us and being with us today in your own front rooms or on the internet or wherever you are right now, you can sing those, uh, that chorus with me. And these will have to just stay silent. So are you ready? Get ready. <clears throat> okay, now, after three, okay? One, two, three. We've never seen anything like it. We've never seen anything like it. We've never seen anything like it in our lives. Boom, boom. Well done. <laughs> That's what... The people actually said in Mark 2 and verse 12, with all this healing that was going on and the fantastic things that Jesus was doing. You know what? If you've got Jesus in your life this morning, you will be seeing fantastic things that he does for you. Sometimes it takes a bit of time. Sometimes we don't see them straight away. But I can tell you, if you've got Jesus in your lives this morning, you can join in that chorus with us and with those people uh, in, in Mark 2 and verse 12. Great, isn't it? <laughs> did you enjoy that? Good. Oh, thank you. Someone over here did. But I can hear them all saying in there, in, looking in on us today, they enjoyed it too. Great. Right, well, our reading in Mark focuses on verses 23 to 28, as Sarah has read for us. And that tells a story of Jesus walking through a grain field on the Sabbath, which is a Saturday, and which was the Jewish day of rest. Christian day of rest is a Sunday, that's why we're all here today. But the Jewish day of rest was a Saturday. Uh, But the resemblance to the two different days, um, to all intents and purposes, ends right there. The disciples fixed some heads of grain to eat as they were walking through the field. But it is against the Sabbath law to do anything that looks like work on a Sabbath. So Jesus is accused of allowing his disciples to break the laws of the Sabbath. He's accused by the Pharisees who were also priests. At this point in Mark 2, we find a very interesting verse. Mark 2 and verse 27 says this. The Sabbath is made for man. Jesus quoted this to the Pharisees. The Sabbath is made for man, not man for the Sabbath. What? (laughs) What's all that about? It's a bit of a puzzle, really, isn't it, to work out. But the clue is in the text. The Sabbath comes first. The Sabbath was made for man uh, and was given by God. So he is leading it. And he is designating the purpose of the Sabbath, which is wanting to come close to us. That's the whole purpose of having a day of rest, so that we can come close to God and God can come close to us. Whereas in the second part of that verse, man is is due to respond to God as he wants to come close to him. It's not up to man to try and impose his will on the Sabbath. That belongs to God. But that's what the priests were doing. They were saying, what do you think you're doing on the Sabbath? They were trying to impact their own will and their own way on the Sabbath day. So Jesus reminds them of a story, great story this, uh, in the Old Testament. It's a story about uh, uh, King David. And King David was pretty much the greatest king Israel ever had. Now, he was starving hungry. You all know that. It's all right for them. They're sitting down there with coffee, biscuits, and buns. Make sure you don't spill it on the carpet or you'll be in trouble. Anyway, Jesus, uh, David was hungry, and he went into the tabernacle. Now, that's a kind of a mobile temple. And he ate, he ate five of the 12 holy loaves that were kept in the tabernacle. That's what he did. They were kept there to represent God's presence and God's provision. 
They were changed once a week, but they were considered to be a holy offering for God in the tabernacle. And he ate five of them. It's like our communion bread, if you can picture that and think about that, which represents the person of Jesus, his body broken on the cross by the crown of thorns which pierced his head, by the nails which pierced his hands and his feet, and by the spear which pierced his side. Jesus' body was broken. Uh, And our communion bread represents that as we break it. Uh, Our communion bread also reminds us of the provision of forgiveness, the provision of forgiveness that Jesus won for us on the cross by taking our sins in his body and bearing the punishment for us. He was punished for our sins. Wonderful, isn't it? Wonderful. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, So that we need not be punished for them. Now, if we haven't already, maybe we should pause just for a minute or two and ask Jesus into our lives. If we haven't already done this, let's just think about it just for a minute and just ask him to forgive the past sins that we all know we have in our lives. Let's just ask him in. So dear Lord Jesus, we do ask you into our lives here this morning uh, and ask you to forgive uh, sins of the past. We believe you died on the cross for us to do this. So we welcome you in. Amen. That's something that every one of us who are Christians have done in the past. Uh, Going back to that communion bread, it would be unthinkable, wouldn't it? Absolutely unthinkable for us to eat some of it just because we felt hungry. If we found out where it was kept or something like that, went in and and ate some of it. Uh, Yet, you know what? It's only bread. It's what it represents that is important, but it is only bread. And Jesus was saying to the Pharisees, you know what? You're getting God's purpose for the Sabbath completely out of context. He designed it as a day of rest in which you would stop work and be without the distractions of work so that you could then focus fully on God, who he is, and that you would then have a day that you could come together and spend time in his presence, a time to praise and worship him which is what we've been doing here this morning and which you've been joining in with us. We don't have to sing out loud. If we're singing in our hearts, it's an attitude of mind which we express through singing. But we can come and join together with God and praise and worship him on this his day. Uh, Jesus was telling that to them then. This is what you should be doing. You're getting out of context. God wants it as a day that you can come together uh, with him. Uh, And it's the same for us today. Only it's a Saturday, as I've already said. Only it's a Sunday, as I've already said. (laughs) And that's because early Christians wanted to remember Jesus on the first day of the week. That's because that is when he rose again. But are we guilty of getting things out of context too? I wonder. Think about things uh, that apply to your life. The Pharisees, who were priests, had made the Sabbath so rigid that you couldn't move a muscle. You couldn't do anything that even looked like work. And when Jesus' disciples picked and ate the grain from the cornfield, they accused them of blasphemy. Also, when Jesus healed the sick on a Sabbath... They accuse him of blasphemy too. Do you know what? How ridiculous can you get? Now I'm going to hand back to uh, whoever comes next. Good morning, everybody. It's so lovely to be here, and I look forward to being here in four weeks' time as well, if we can. So, um. (laughs) 
Shall I repeat that? I just said it's just so lovely to be here and um, it's such a privilege and I look forward to coming back in four weeks if we can. So, um, so morning everybody. Um, I just want to start today's prayers by um, quoting some verses from the Bible which we believe is God's word to us. I want you to listen to the promises as I read the words. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. 1 Peter, verse 5 to 7. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. And do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, which is in Philippians 4, verse 7. So let's pray. Dear loving Father God, thank you for your promises in those verses. You know that so many people are suffering at this time, yet you promise us we can have your peace. Mark chapter 9, verse 24 says, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Dear Father, for anyone listening and praying this prayer who wants to know your peace, please help them to truly believe and trust in you. Dear Lord, we lift up to you those in our church family for your peace, comfort and strength, remembering dear Hilary and Chris, Lizzie and other family and friends of David. We lift up Sally, Carol and others known to you for your peace and healing, including Roger's friend Gordon who is in ICU in a coma. Dear Lord, our prayer today is that Gordon will begin to show signs of responsiveness. We pray for our world leaders for wisdom to guide them in all their decision making. For pharmaceutical companies worldwide in discovering cures and preventatives for COVID and for all diseases. For hospitals worldwide, that your presence will be felt to guide and to give wisdom, peace, and healing. For your protection in our schools, places of education, and care homes. For your guidance, protection, and blessing on your church. And lastly, Lord, help us to remember to fix our thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable, to think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise, to stop, rest a while, and look at your beautiful creation. And thank you, Lord, for your many, many blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. sing our next song now which is called Great Are You Lord and the chorus of this song is it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise to you only and that kind of feeds into a bit of what Dave was saying earlier on about how no matter where we are and what we're doing, what our thoughts are of what God's rules might or might not be none of it really makes any difference God who put us here. God gives us the breath in our lungs, the very breath in our lungs. And sometimes we need to stop and just take that order.
invite Sarah back now to do our community kids slot. Hello, community kids. It's great to be here with you today on this special day when we can meet together to worship God and to have a nice day off work where we can just rest. So Dave's told us about how this Bible passage takes place on the Sabbath day, the day of rest for the Jewish people. And he's told us how that's similar to our Sunday. Not everybody celebrates the same way, do they? Or has their rest in the same way? But for the Jewish people in Jesus' time, this reminded them of how when God made the world, he had a special day of rest. Now, I know there are some community kids here today. Community kids. How many days did it take for God to make the world? Any ideas? Anyone? It was six. But he made a seventh day when he would rest and relax. And that was one of the reasons why the Jewish people had a Sabbath day, because it helped them to remember that God created the world and he made them a special day when they could rest and relax and spend time with him. And it also reminded them that when they were slaves in Egypt and had to work all day, every day, doing what they didn't want... When they were freed by God and came out of Egypt, God made them that day again. And he said, celebrate that as a day when you know that you are free to rest and to worship and make it a holy day. And that just means it's a special day set apart for God, a holy day. So the Israelites celebrated this holy day in different ways. And they didn't go to work. And in fact, they didn't even make their animals work. So their animals got a day off as well which I think was quite cool. I don't know how the animals these days would have a day off, but hope you're, hope you're giving your dog a day off today. Um, and they didn't go out and buy and sell things, and instead they'd meet together and they'd worship God. Now, I'm hoping for a bit of participation here, so get your hands ready. Um, is there anything that you do on a Sunday or whatever day you decide to rest that makes it special for worshipping God and having a rest? Anyone? No? Oh, you're all so shy today. I hope you guys at home can talk to your families and tell them and think about what you do and what makes it a special day of rest. When I was little, we made sure we had to do our homework by the end of Saturday night so we didn't have it to do all on Sunday night and panic ready for Monday. Um, And we also made sure that we had the whole day together and my mum and dad were there for us so we could spend time together. But by the time that this passage was, was happening, although they were celebrating the Sabbath and it was a really special day for rest and worship, like Dave said, it had got really strict and over the top and there were lots and lots and lots of rules. And the Pharisees were using these rules to try and catch Jesus out because they were his enemies and they didn't want him to go around saying that he was Lord and he was God and that there was a new way of doing things. So imagine that you're out in the fields, walking along, and you're feeling a little bit peckish. Now, in Jesus' country, you might stop, you might grab some corn, rub it, mm, have a little nibble. And I guess it's a bit like for us, if we walk along just a little bit ago in the year, we might see blackberries in the hedge, and you might stop and just get some, mm, have a nice little nibble of your blackberries. It's not, for, it's not really work, is it? I mean, technically, you're picking them, but it's not like it's hard work. It's not like you're going to go home and make them into jam and sell them on the streets. You're just having a bit of a nibble. And that's one of the reasons why Jesus was saying, no, no, you don't need to worry about that rule for this. The Sabbath was made specially for people. God set it apart. So you can have a nice rest and you can worship him. Not so that you can keep 101 rules. Think about what you're doing. Is it making it special? Or is it just trying to follow rules and please God that way? Because... God has put Jesus in charge of the world and made him the boss, made him the Lord. We can trust Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross, his forgiveness has given us that rest and peace with God that we couldn't have got any other way. And we're able to worship him. And it's amazing. We can trust in Jesus so we don't have to worry about work, 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 work. But we can just trust in Jesus. 
And that gives us free to worship them, really happy. So your take-home message is, this day, or any day that you choose to rest and worship God, is really special, and that's some beautiful gift that God has given us. And Jesus is in charge of that day, as he is in charge of everything. He's the boss. So we're going to finish. And me and Dave seem to be on the same wavelength here because I was going to sing a song as well. Um, and I hope you at home can join in with it. Does anyone know Jesus is the Mighty, Mighty King by Colin Buchanan? Oh, it's an absolute classic. So you guys here can join in. Um, if you are able to say your name, does anybody not know what their name is? Great. You can all join in. Um, and can everyone say, uh-uh? Uh-uh. Oh, fantastic. I hope you guys at home can say uh-uh as well. So I'm going to sing the song, and at some points, everybody needs to go uh-uh. One, two, three. Uh-uh. Okay, and at some points, I might point at you and see if you can say your name. And we're going to sing a song about Jesus being the boss. Okay, and you can clap along as well. Hopefully you can clap in the rhythm. Here we go. There's two verses. Jesus is the mighty, mighty king. Jesus is the mighty, mighty king. God made him the boss of everything, and Jesus is the mighty, mighty king. Rupert is not the boss. Uh, uh. Is not the boss. Uh, uh. Andy is not the boss. Uh, uh. Jesus is the boss, cause Jesus is the mighty, mighty king. Jesus is the mighty, mighty king. God made him the boss of everything, and Jesus is the mighty, mighty king. D is not the boss, uh-uh. Is not the boss, uh-uh. Is not the boss, uh-uh. Jesus is the boss, last time, cause Jesus is the mighty, mighty king. Jesus is the mighty, mighty king. God made him the boss of everything, and Jesus is the mighty, mighty king. Well done. Well, thank you, Sarah. I think, actually, that Sarah's singing is just a little bit better than mine. Just a little bit. Well done, Sarah. But some of the things she was bringing to us then was about people trying to trip Jesus up. You know, people doing that today sometimes, they look at other Christians and think, ooh, it hasn't been along to church for three weeks. Mm, I wonder why. And uh, uh, it's not an attitude that I like very much. Um, and our look through Mark, chapters 1 and 2 this morning, has brought up Two very interesting aspects in the life of Jesus, which we can apply to ourselves. His busyness, number one, he hardly had a minute to spare. I think we've done that quite well this morning, and we're all aware now just how incredibly busy he was. Uh, But surely he couldn't be expected to find any time to spend with God. Not only all that busyness. I've heard that said by some Christians Uh, that they haven't got time to spend with God. Now, look, let's think of a case in point, which I think would be quite legitimate. Let's imagine someone uh, who is trying to bring up a family uh, with all the meal preparations, the shopping, the cleaning, the taxiing around, and all of that, uh, and trying to hold down a job um, and manage probably more often than not on a pittance. That means working overtime in the little time that they've got left over just to make ends meet. Does that sound familiar? Or how about this? In trying to make ends meet, maybe there's a need to hold two jobs down at once whilst managing all those other family issues. Let me tell you, these circumstances in life are not uncommon. And we haven't touched on health issues or personal crises yet that can be all added into the mix with everything else. I would say that these cases for not spending time, much time, with Jesus are really understandable. 
And I would say that Jesus understands them too. He understands where people in these positions are coming from. But what about Jesus himself? Remember the verse? If all the things he had done were written down, the world could not contain the books that they were written in. Jesus could justify a claim for not having enough time to spend much of it in the presence of God his Father. And yet he did. He did spend time with him. Here in the middle of the chapter we've just read, uh, we will find that he got up before daylight uh, and went to a solitary place uh, where he could uh, go and pray with his father. Check it out in Mark 2 uh, and verse 25. After all that busyness that we've just been talking about, uh, the Bible also tells us of other times, similar times, when amongst all the hustle and bustle of his life, he found time to spend some precious moments with God. I call them revival moments. Kind of like when you're driving your car, feeling exhausted. You know the feeling, oh, just managing to keep your eyes open. And so you pull over and shut your eyes for a couple of minutes. Those few minutes can give you enough energy to safely continue your journey again. But you may say, well, it's all right for Jesus, but he's different to me, isn't he? Well, he's not. He was far busier than both you and me put together. Yet God provided windows in all that clutter for the two of them to spend time together. And that's because way back uh, when, I think Sarah was mentioning it, in, in, when he was creating the world uh, in, in, in Genesis, uh, not only did he create the world, but he created time. God is the creator of time. And uh, because he created time in the first place, he can do that for you. He can create time for you. So why don't you ask him to create a window in your busyness to spend a little precious revival time with Jesus. Gloria and I have been busy uh, over the period of our lives, in our time. We've been very busy sometimes. God has provided unexpected windows for us. And I use the word unexpected and emphasizing it because we don't know where they came from. We thought we were going to be so busy we wouldn't have time to spend with God to do this, maybe a Bible reading, maybe a prayer, maybe a Sunday. Uh, we just wouldn't have time. And yet, God provided, because he is the creator of time, he provided for us some very unexpected windows to spend time with him. Revival moments. We need them in a busy life. We may be worried and concerned about the way the coronavirus has got going again. Take it to Jesus. Spend a little bit of revival time in his presence. Tell him about your worries or your fears. That's what he's... He, he, only too pleased is Jesus to have you come and talk these things over with him. A closing word on our view of a right attitude to Sunday and its place as a day of rest in our week. Uh, and yes, I know that some of us have to work on Sunday. I realise that. Well, do you know what? We have a Saturday church. At the moment, it's on Zoom. But there, there is no reason why you can't join in on that if you let people know at the church about it. Uh, if Sundays are not possible for you, join in on Zoom. When I was a zookeeper, back when I had hair many years ago, I had to work on Sunday. Uh, but it didn't stop me from making a special effort to focus on Jesus now and again during the day. But outside work or family commitments, which Jesus understands, we need to recognize that God loves us and wants us to put a day aside, if we possibly can, which we can give to him and come together and worship him, just as we are now, for who he is 
and for what he's done. Uh, we both we see what he's done and who he is in the creation around us, but more importantly, in the work that he did for us on the cross. And then in rising again, he offers us an opportunity of receiving the forgiveness that he won for us while he was on the cross. There are two pictures that I have in my mind uh, about outstretched hands of Jesus. Uh, And one, the first picture, is those hands outstretched and extended on the cross with the nails driven through them, uh, indicating the cost that it took for Jesus to win our forgiveness and take and bear our sin for us. The other uh, picture is, is a different position in the hands of Jesus. It's one of Jesus' hands being outstretched towards us. This is after the resurrection when he rose again and can now, today, offer us uh, to come to him and receive that forgiveness which we so desperately need. It is something to take a lot of care in thinking over. Remember, we are now talking about eternal life, about what happens after we leave this scene. And with Jesus' forgiveness in our life and our recognizing who he is as the Son of God and what he did on the cross, our eternal life is secure. It's a phrase we use uh, as Christians called being born again. A new experience has come into our life. Uh, And we are now forgiven. We can now sing, I've never seen anything like it in my life. (laughs) And mean it with a different meaning. It's great. I pray you don't miss this opportunity today. If you have asked Jesus into your life earlier, or if you are thinking that it's something you would like to do, please don't leave it there. Please don't leave it there. We, We just cannot treat these things lightly Uh, and we need perhaps to contact us if you are thinking of asking Jesus into your life or if you have done please contact us I've put the address up here Dorchester Community Church uh, and you've got the googling thing but if you're on the website if you're looking in now uh, that website contains all the information you need to know to get in touch please get in touch with us and we will respond to you uh, in terms of any questions uh, that you wish to put to us. Don't leave it. Don't leave it. Ask him in. The moment you do, your eternal life begins. Thank you, Dave. We're going to sing our final song, which is called Till I See You.
now going to pass over to a video from the puppet ministry, um, which hopefully should come up on the screen now. Hello, community kids. Dennis the donkey here. I need your help this year to tell the Christmas story because we can't get out and about like we usually do. The puppets are going to record a video telling the Christmas story. And although this background looks all sparkly and Christmassy, it's not telling the story very well. So we'd like you to do us some pictures of the things that happened in the Christmas story right from when the angel visited Mary through to Jesus being visited by the shepherds and the wise men in the stable. You can do the pictures however you like, using pens, pencils or crayons, but paint would be best because grown-ups love their children doing painting at home. The main thing is that the paper is the right way round. It needs to be landscape, like this. Not portrait, like this, but landscape, like this. Send your photos of your finished pictures to andrew.pinder at dorchestercommunitychurch.org.uk by email, or get a grown-up to email it for you once the paint has dried. Then we'll tell the Christmas story using the pictures you send us as the background. Maybe you can send two pictures of different parts of the story. That way we'll have more chance of getting the whole story and not lots of pictures of the same part of the story. Although I am very good with computers, gigabytes, bandwidth and so on, I will be having some help putting the pictures on the background because no one's invented a computer that someone with hooves can use. To give us time to do all this, we need your pictures no later than Friday the 13th of November. I'm really looking forward to seeing your fabulous pictures. Bye! Thank you to Andrew Pinder and his puppet ministry team. In a moment, we're going to have celebrations, but just before that, I'm going to invite you to, if there's anyone that would like to share anything in terms of uh, a testimony or an answer to prayer or an encouragement, that would be great to hear from you. So if you'd like to stick up your hand, you can either speak from where you're sat or you can come up the front and you'll be able to take your mask off for a few seconds. If that encourages you to come to the front. Anybody would like to share? We don't have to have anybody, of course. But if, uh, if anybody would like to, then... No? Okay, we'll move on to celebrations. Just before I ask David to come and help me with celebrations, there are some people whose birthdays are happening this week that aren't here, so I thought I'd mention them. And they are, it is in fact Claire Sergison's birthday today, so happy birthday to Claire. And then uh, later this week there's also birthdays for Will Pinder and Wilma Fagents. So happy birthday to all those guys. Okay, I've asked David to come and help. Who's got something they'd like to celebrate? We've got an extremely long microphone here for social distancing. I think we should be celebrating some of the young people who are here today who have been really, really good and really well behaved. So, Bella, do you want to have a chocolate? Because you've been really well behaved. And Rupert and Francis here. Been doing some great colouring there. And I think Dave deserves a chocolate too. He's done really well. That's for good behaviour, Dave. Yeah, well done, Dave. Yeah, you behaved very well. 
And I looked at Dave and I thought, oh, Gloria's last a few years this morning. <laughs> and then I realised, actually, it's Debbie, and it's great to have you with us this morning. Anybody else got anything to celebrate? You're very, very shy this morning, aren't you? Robin, what would you like to celebrate? Last week, we were coming to the service. Taxi never turned up. This week, uh, Julie booked the taxi for 10 o'clock. They put it down at 2 o'clock. But we're here anyway. Fantastic. Well done, Robin. Anybody else got anything to celebrate? Dee? I was very fortunate to get a lift last week and this week, and I've been offered one for next week. So I'm over the moon with joy to just be able to get to my church family and and get my teaching. Brilliant. Fantastic you've got a lift for next week, but I don't think we shall be here next week, unfortunately. (laughs) But you can still join us online because we will still be worshipping God and we will still be being church, even though we're not allowed to meet together. There's one more over here, David. Bella, what would you like to celebrate? I went... Yesterday, I went to the park. You went to the park. Wow, that sounds really fun. Big decisions. (laughs) Shall I leave that there? Right, does anybody else have anything to celebrate? Well done. Bella's chosen one. Let's celebrate that. (laughs) Thank you, David. Shall we close in prayer? Lord, we want to thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you for ministering through Dave. Thank you for the importance of rest. Thank you for the guidance that you give us to get the balance right between work and rest. Thank you that you've sustained us all through these weeks, Lord, when many times it's been difficult, uh, whether we've been alone, whether we've been isolated, whether we've been prevented from what we've been normally able to do. We just thank you for being with us and looking after us. Even though we may feel disappointed or perhaps a little more anxious or perhaps a little more fearful because of um, what's happening and the government um, announcements yesterday, we thank you, Lord, that you are in control and uh, you are with us all the time. We thank you for that. We pray for all those that aren't physically with us today that would like to be here, that are listening online or not able to listen online but would like to be here. And we just pray that you will bless them and their families and may they know your closeness to them. Till we see you face to face, we will love you. We will continue to praise you. We will continue to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now's the time for the camera to close, and then I've got a few more notices just to give you.